Chapter Ten of Countdown by Kurt Becker, S.J. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. Sixteen. Deborah knocked on Ned's door as usual the next morning and asked if she could come in. Owen, she told him, had come home about three, dead drunk, and had passed out on his bed. She wondered whether Ned would mind if she went to church with him. Baptist services were much later in the morning, and she wanted to drive down to Amarillo and visit some relatives. She was sure Ned could arrange to stay away from the house until night. He used to drink a lot years ago, she said. It takes him until late to get back on his feet. The rain had stopped. The sky was a bright blue and looked as if it never had known such a thing as a cloud. Ned waved to Deborah as she started off on her drive and decided that he would just drift around by himself for a while. He wanted to sort things out and get them straight in his mind before having a talk with Father Bolton. It was obvious that something would have to be done. He did not know exactly what right the guardian had over his ward. Aimlessly Ned drifted about. After a while he found himself in the neighborhood of the grove, which had brought Owen into contact with Best, and sparked his anger at Emmett Drew and his friendship with Kingsley. The ground was soggy, and the wet earth clung to Ned's shoes. He rolled up his trouser cuffs to keep him from getting muddy. Then he walked to the fence and along it until he came to the big green sign that warned trespassers to keep out. It was then that Ned found the hole. Torrents of water from the week of rain had sluiced down a gully between two low hills and had washed the dirt away from below a portion of the fence. There was a space below the wire wall easily large enough for a man to slide through, if he didn't mind getting his clothes dirty. For a long time Ned stood there looking at it, his heart pounding. Somewhere behind this fence was the spaceship. The fence, it was said, was patrolled day and night by armed men and vicious dogs, but the hole gave that the lie. Patrols wouldn't have stopped because of the rain, and patrols would have discovered this hole and repaired it. Chances were that there was as much truth to the patrol story as there was to the tale of silicate testing. Nevertheless, Ned could not keep his heart from pounding as he looked around to see whether anyone was looking, and then stepped down into the gully and crawled under the fence. He was in the best compound. Hastily he stood up, his clothing liberally coated with mud, and started scrambling up the barren hillock, anxious to find a height from which he might be able to spot the place where the spaceship was housed. It would, he knew, have to be a vast building. Breathless, he reached the top, straightened up, and found himself facing a short, stocky man carrying a shotgun. For an instant they looked at each other with shocked surprise. So, the man's deep voice said in a soft, satisfied tone, I was right. The rain did wash out the fence over here. Who are you? You going to shoot me? Ned asked, his stomach suddenly turning into a cold stone inside him. The man's broad, strong features softened into a sudden smile. Relax, kid, he said quietly. Take it easy. Who are you? Ned swallowed. My name's Ned Bartley, he said. The man looked at him closely, sudden interest in his face. You Ed Bartley's son? he demanded, with something like eagerness in his voice. Your dad was the writer? Ned nodded, too surprised to speak, and the man's face became suddenly alive with friendliness. Of course, he said softly. Of course, you look just like him. He stuck his hand out. I knew your father's son. I'm Silas Baldwin. Ned felt his hand wrung in a fierce grip, and watched with astonishment as the man's face reflected strong excitement. So you're Ed's boy. Well, well, imagine meeting Ed Bartley's son here in Texas. He blinked rapidly and shook his head. Look at you. Those pants are ruined. 
he laughed and ned found himself suddenly clasped in a fierce bare hug bartley's boy silas baldwin said again son you'll never know how glad i am i came this way today but, but what ned found himself stammering in confusion who never mind the other laughed out just wait a second he reached into his pocket and pulled out what looked like an oversized police whistle made out of what ned took to be white porcelain and proceeded to blow it ned heard nothing but he felt an odd quivering sensation around his ears silent whistle explained the man they'll come and get us in a minute come on you going to arrest me ned asked uncertain and confused and still feeling guilty about trespassing arrest you the man laughed i'm going to bring you over to meet my family get you some clean clothes and have a long talk with you don't you understand boy your father was a friend of mine my name's baldwin this is all my property he laughed again and the sound was so pleasant and infectious that ned couldn't help joining him my fault baldwin said relax son relax it's just that i was so surprised to find out who you were i keep forgetting there's a lot you don't know don't worry i'll tell you all about it bartley's son i can't believe it this is incredible look mr baldwin ned said slowly i don't know what you're talking about my father never his voice died away as a faint memory stirred to life inside him baldwin sigh baldwin dad used to talk about a sigh baldwin sometimes something about a pot boiler the memory is so elusive and the man nodded and smiled again encouragingly yep he said sigh baldwin baldwin enterprises ah here they come a green jeep came hurtling toward them carrying two anxious-looking young men with holstered guns at their hips it's all right boys silas baldwin waved a hand airily and the men's worried faces relaxed in smiles of relief this is ned bartley duke higgins and the big one's steve westlake ned recognized the red-headed surveyor who had talked basketball with him and shook hands warmly with him remembering how pleasantly they had gotten on their previous meeting then the big man steve westlake put out his hand and ned found himself looking up into a pair of slate-gray eyes flat and opaque which stared at him speculatively out of a craggy fiercely intelligent face then the stern look softened into a smile and the big hand that clasped ned's felt warm and friendly steve westlake was the biggest man ned had ever seen easily eight inches taller than ned's own six feet two the man moved with the grace and ease of a trained athlete in the pink of condition his massive shoulders and deep chest flared out from slender hips and rode easily on long straight legs his arms were brown and solid steve was in fact so perfectly proportioned that he succeeded in making everybody else look undersized it was not his size that impressed ned though it was true that steve conveyed the impression that he could pick ned up and without too much exertion rend him limb from limb with his bare hands but the striking thing about steve westlake was an aura of fierce controlled recklessness and piercing intelligence ned felt that there was nothing no risk no danger that steve would be unwilling to face and that under any circumstances the big man's mind would be furiously active and certain to find a solution he would not ned decided like to have steve westlake mad at him pile in said baldwin cheerfully let's get home i'm getting hungry End of chapter ten